Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is M.G. Govia. I'm the Education Outreach Liaison of OKA11 and today's host of Digging Deep, an an OKA11 podcast. Today, I'm really excited. This is part of the OKA11 series. We've already had one podcast release where we had a conversation with Susan Bull, our Executive Director, then Angie Niemeyer, who's my boss, the Director of Business and Education, and now we get to geek out. Now we get to do some... Uh, technical talk and some things about how all this stuff gets done with our director of operations, Gerald Welch. So I'm excited about this conversation. So buckle in and get ready to learn a lot of cool stuff. So Gerald, before we get started, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your history with OK811? Yeah, so uh, I actually started with OK811 a little over five years ago as the contact center uh, manager, and I've transitioned since then to the director of operations. This means that I get to work with the talented teams uh, in the contact center, our quality assurance team, and then also our our IT and GIS team. So uh, I kind of get to to interact with with some very talented people uh, and help kind of steer different aspects of the organization forward. So it's really exciting. Um, I I can't say enough uh, good things about the team that we have in place and the things that we've done and, and are doing. Awesome, and that's exactly where we want to uh, start off with. Um, being in your role, we've had a lot of stuff take place in just the last couple of years. Every company involved in our industries have, but I'm really proud of what OK One has done um, to stay afloat and excel through everything that's really taken off, taken over the last couple of years. So let's talk about like that pre-COVID time when things were normal, and then yeah. how we how we've made the transitions through all the different times. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know this, MG, but we were hyper-focused pre-COVID on uh, really creating a flexible work environment that um, was location agnostic. Uh, That means that we want to make sure that no matter where our CSRs are or even our corporate employees are, that they can log in and they can do the job remotely. Uh, ultimately, yeah, we love having people in the office. We've got a great culture uh, that is is uh, just strengthened by that that office culture. But um, we we definitely know that this is Oklahoma. Uh, severe weather happens, and we want to make sure that this building is gone. That uh, the excavators in Oklahoma and the facility owners don't have any um, skip in services. That that we make sure that. Uh, no matter what, we're providing those high quality underground damage prevention services. So um, with that, uh, we made some major, major moves. Uh, We already had about 70% of our customer service agents working remotely prior to COVID. um, And that really gave us a leg up and it helped us drive some of the other things that we already were moving forward with. Um, One big thing we did was a move to Office 365. Uh, that is a cloud-based product, productivity suite. Um, it actually moved our, our email servers and everything like that to the cloud. Uh, this cuts down on the, the need to have servers in our server uh, to run certain things, the, the maintenance on those things. Uh, it kind of simplifies that for us, but also makes it to where I can log into my email from uh, Zimbabwe if I want to. I mean, it, it's a really, really a great tool for us. Um, along those lines, we also moved our, our GeoCall system to the cloud. Uh, GeoCall is our ticket management system. It's what our excavators 
put tickets into, it's what our CSRs put tickets into, it's what our members give us mapping for um, to, to do all the different things that, that OP81 does. Uh, one cool thing about being in the cloud uh, is our geo redundancy. Uh, what that means is if uh, services go down on the West Coast, um, we're still able to operate because we've got databases in multiple different data centers um, across uh, the U.S. So that's that's really exciting. Um, it, it really gives us a lot of confidence to know that uh, our, our team can continue operating, um, you know, in, in times of crisis as well. So to, to kind of strengthen that, um, we also added a redundant fiber service to our building. Now I know I said I want to be able to operate externally, no problems, uh, but we also want to make sure that, that, you know, if one of our service providers goes down here locally, that we can continue providing those services. And so much relies on the internet and phones. Uh, and so we want to make sure that, that uh, our, our team members don't have any issues uh, technologically in, in being able to provide excellent service. That's uh, awesome, because is this everything that we did even before COVID took place, right? Was there yeah. any, before I dive into the COVID stuff, was there anything else that we were already ahead of the curve on? Um, I, I don't know if, I, I mean, those were kind of some of the big things that we were ahead of the mm. curve on. Um, we did kind of lay out the, the start for webcams for our team members so that we could oh, yeah. be connected remotely. Um, we really pushed direct submission uh, and trained excavators to help uh, submit those tickets directly to the facility owners through our web portal. Um, we simplified those remote uh, usage uh, situations with improvements in our VPN and single sign-on for multiple systems. And really, one thing that, that kind of made things the transition for us uh, even easier was in January 2020 we actually launched a flexible scheduling uh, setup for much of our corporate staff. Um, some of them were actually able to work from home part-time. Um, we adjusted hours to uh, make sure that, that everyone kind of had a good balance. Um, so when COVID hit uh, it was really easy to move the remaining people home. Um, mm. we, we had the system set up, we had uh, the equipment mostly ready to go. Um, I, I think we jumped pretty quick as we developed our um, kind of crisis management plan as it related to COVID to go ahead and get ahead of the curve and order any outstanding equipment that we needed uh, to, to make sure that that, that was a smooth transition. Yeah, and, and I apologize for jumping the gun on that because um, I remember now that those moves that we were making to give each other the flexibility to work from home, have that opportunity, and then all of a sudden we got the news that, hey, <laughs> we need to stay away from each other, <laughs> make sure that we're all keeping each other safe. And I love the response that our uh, company had in dealing with the information about COVID coming out. I feel, and people who've already listened to Susan's um, podcast with us um, know how proactive we were. We didn't take unnecessary chances. We were like, we can work, we can work remotely, we can keep each other safe. And that was something that was huge um, for us. So uh, kudos once again to Susan on um, being that leader to help be proactive with those decisions. And then yeah. it goes back to our technology being there to uh, make that transition so smooth for us. So we got the news, 
We had to make additional changes. Dive into that. What happened next? Yeah, so so like I said, we moved everybody home. Um, you know, and there was like a two weeks period where uh, the, it was two weeks to stop the curve or, or something like that. And um, so we did. We had everyone at home. Uh, ultimately, uh, there were a few of our our office uh, kind of corporate side of things that really wanted to work from the office regardless. Um, and, and these were team members that either had their own office or uh, were in an area almost completely isolated from anybody else. And so um, we were we were able to, to do that pretty easily um, with some other stuff that, that Susan's probably already talked about in the, the previous podcast. So if you haven't caught that, go back and catch that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, some of the some of the big things that really helped us because during COVID, the, the concern is that, you know, your team members, um, contract the virus and aren't able to work, aren't feeling well. Um, and so we definitely needed to make sure that we had some pieces in place for that potential staffing reduction due to ailments. Um, so our, our team actually implemented some, some additional automation. Uh, so if you don't know, we have an amazing homeowner wizard uh, that, that's in place for single address tickets to be submitted on our website. It's a super simple process. Uh, but we made it even simpler. Um, we, we took the homeowner wizard and if your parcel or your property shows up based on the address that you put in there, uh, our, our ticket management system can actually uh, draw the polygon, which is the, the dig site polygon uh, around that parcel. Um, and if, if it's confirmed by the, the submitter, the excavator, uh, then that can actually be direct submitted to the member companies, those underground facility owners without a, a CSR having to touch that. So um, that that was an amazing piece of automation that our team did uh, that has automated roughly 75% of those uh, homeowner wizard tickets. So oh, that's outstanding. Yeah, really, really fantastic. Um, it frees our CSRs up to, to work on more difficult tickets. Um, and believe me, there's some, there's some doozies out there because uh, as we all know, there, there are several different issues um, that one calls face, specifically mapping and or the quality of information that's provided by the excavator. So we actually took the portal single address par parcel tickets and automated those as well. Uh, that is gonna be our professional excavator portal. Uh, so that has been huge for us additionally to, to increase that automation and limit the amount of uh, work that, that we need to have CSRs doing on that side of things. Now, I will say we have not had any reduction in staffing. Um, we, we've got uh, an excellent team. Um, we, we've really been able to keep people working and, and our ticket volume has done nothing but increase. So uh, we, we continue to look for new ways to help uh, keep that burden minimized um, on those CSRs in this process. Some of the things that we did uh, in the center also was implemented a new request for more information process. Uh, in the past, we would send out, um, we, we would send a ticket back to the excavator, and then they had to call in in order to um, correct that ticket. But even in that situation, they actually just had to submit a brand new ticket. Uh, so the new process sends the ticket back to the excavator, but allows them to correct that ticket uh, in our web portal. Uh, and then resubmit it without having to create a whole new ticket. Uh, okay. it, it really makes that process better. Uh, and it also um, 
it, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget things. Uh, so uh, I, I submitted it. I, I saw that you sent it back. And I, I just haven't had time to get back to it. Well, after 24 hours, uh, we'll actually send a comp, like a, a reminder email that tells that excavator, hey, we still are lacking information and this ticket is not submitted until we get that information. Gotcha. So that's that's been really, really neat to uh, see that process working well. Um, there, there's still some improvements to be made there, but uh, we're, we're seeing really good turnaround on that. I would think a part and a great benefit of that as well is the education piece. Because yeah, you're requesting more information, but it's ever information that they'll need on their, their next ticket submission and, and things like that. So they'll learn the process even better. So hopefully there's a reduction in the need for more information as they continue putting in these tickets going forward. Oh, I man. just, that's just it's a cool spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, you know, merges um, your world with, with the tech world and in, in that educational opportunity. So, um, it's a it's a very very key point so um, a few things that we did that I mentioned earlier one of the biggest difficulties uh, in our our environment is quality mapping um, and so one of the things that we did this last year was we actually updated our base map so we got new information new data now we're constantly trying to keep these up to date uh, but uh, the the access to that data is is limited um, we actually have to go out and, and pay a third party to go out and collect a lot of this data for us. Uh, companies like Google and Bing, uh, they do a lot of this data harvesting themselves. However, they also make stuff up. Um, they have algorithms that uh, say this should be here. And so they will put addresses places based on an algorithm as opposed to factual uh, information. And, and we, we struggle, we, we can't really do that. Um, because we want to make sure that, uh, that that is the right area um, and that it's a safe uh, ticket going out, meaning mm. everyone's contacted that should be contacted. So um, another new thing that we did, we actually launched a, a new member information viewer. Uh, and a lot of times we're making all these updates and changes and, and you really see it on the excavator side. Um, here's one that is pretty positive for our members. Uh, and members can actually go into our portal as long as they have approval uh, from an authorized contact. Um, they're able to look at their, their specific billing information uh, and contact information, which is uh, uh, something that we haven't had previously, uh, but our team put that out just here recently. And I think it's gonna really be beneficial for those members whenever they go to update and verify information so they know what's what's actually in our system without having to uh, request it from our member services team and one of the one of the last things that we did uh, was was implementing a backup cloud phone system uh, previously our our phone system our backup phone system was located in another state um, it was physical which means our CSRs would actually have to reprogram their their work phones to go to a whole nother, nother area. And so, as you can imagine, uh, most people are not techy enough to quickly reprogram a phone. Uh, <laughs> I, I would wager that uh, it would take even myself uh, an extended amount of time, which is not helpful uh, 
when you're trying to make sure that you're getting bones back up and things like that. So um, that has gone really well. We're really excited to have that uh, as, a, as a failover. Um, and uh, it's given us some things to look at going forward. That is awesome. I really like um, just knowing where our company has been. Um, like I said, we've, we've been doing this stuff pre-COVID. We were already trying to make these technology advances to make our workplace easier, um, more efficient, um, so that we can provide the best service to both our member companies, those who own and operate underground facilities, as well as the escalators or homeowners who are putting in these locate requests. And I've seen our ticket numbers just grow exponentially in the, in the automation that we've been doing and the quality of our CSRs and the speed at which they're able to turn around those tickets. That's all through the technology. I mean, the technology is beneficial in making all those things happen. Um, so I, I love where the place we are and hopefully as things get a little bit back to normal. I always do this. I don't know. This is required when you say normal um, for the rest of eternity. Um, but as we get back and these processes are only improving company-wide going forward, I'm really proud of uh, what we've done. Absolutely. So, well, yeah, just, yeah, a, just a quick quick point that I, I meant to make already, but, um, you know, we, we talked about the volume increase. We've had mm -hmm. way more tickets than we expected. We, we've seen just a roughly 20 plus percent increase in ticket volume year over year so far. Um, with the same staff, um, I mean, it, it's it's incredible uh, to see that. But the the really cool part is that um, our service levels are, are are better than they were. Um, our quality levels have actually gone up. Uh, so we're we're averaging some of the highest quality tickets that we have ever averaged. And this is with us checking substantially more tickets um, and having so many of them. Uh, submitted uh, directly to the, the facility owner. So it, it's really cool to see that increase in quality along with the increase in volume and maintaining or improving our service levels. So, Yeah, um, one thing that I can't remember if I talked about it on a previous podcast or if it was just one of my education opportunities, but um, the ability for an excavator or whoever's putting that request to see the mapping in front of them, to see that nearest intersection, be able to get to that dig site hands-on in front of them on a the computer improves the quality of that ticket substantially. Um, I think CGA has a statistic about that. That self-entry reduces the risk of miscommunication and, and, and driving a better quality ticket every time. So the more and more automation that we do, the more easy and efficient that we make those online submissions, the quality of the tickets should get improved just because the stats behind it supports that. And I've always been impressed with that. Absolutely. Um, no, nobody knows the worksite better than the excavator. Um, mm. I mean, if you've ever played a telephone game where, you know, one person whispers to somebody something and then they whisper something and, and so on, it always morphs into something weird and completely <laughs> off base. But if, right. if the person uh, at the beginning is putting that down and writing it on, on paper or submitting it into our system directly, um, you know, there's no, there's no opportunity for that information to get messed up. So right. that's, that's the cool part about that. Yeah. And I've just one 
nugget of information for our listeners there. Some, I like I like throwing out some stats that we've learned along the ways. Um, so let's talk about what's going on now. Like things are kind of coming back to normal. You're doing um, great things always. So what's going on now? Wow. So so we've got some really exciting stuff on our plate right now. Um, we, we've got some great things in the works. One of the things I'm most excited about is our new cloud phone system. So I mentioned that our backup system was in the cloud, uh, but we've also begun the process to implement a new phone system uh, that will be our production system for the entire organization, has our contact center software on it, has workforce management. It's going to integrate uh, GeoCall uh, to simplify the process flow for our uh, CSRs, uh, which is going to make it a whole lot easier. They don't have to decide what they're doing next. The system will give them uh, exactly what interaction that they have coming up next, whether that be uh, a phone call or a web ticket or a web chat. Uh, eventually, we're going to add SMS, um, so you'll be able to text in information, uh, which is really exciting. Um, we're also launching a new workforce management tool alongside of this uh, so we can make sure that our staffing is exactly where it needs to be. Um, and then quality assurance tools. We all know that, that the, the key to what we all do uh, with the one call with underground damage prevention, it, it's all about safety. Um, and so in order to make sure everything is safe, our, our QA team does a lot of work. They look at a lot of tickets. They listen to a lot of calls. Um, and some new tools that will, will come in place with this uh, system is some, some transcription. We'll be able to do some automation based off of keywords. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of potential cool. with this. So we're, we're super excited about it. That is really, really cool. With that technology coming into play, will we be able to increase our data reporting and be able to have that information more accessible? Absolutely. So it's going to give us a lot better insight into what's going on across the board uh, internally, uh, whether that be um, calls with member services or uh, actual issues with different interactions with, with between CSRs and excavators and members. Um, it, it's going to give us a whole lot more data uh, and hopefully, you know, be a springboard for uh, better education. Uh, or specifically better targeted education um, in mm. different areas and then also uh, help us as far as understanding what areas we can tweak our system to be uh, more responsive and easily accessed for uh, members and excavators. One thing I remember in a meeting that we had is our app is going away. Um, so what's the plan for what's next there? Yeah, so uh, we, we've heard um, our app is, is really antiquated. Um, it's not what we want it to be. Uh, we, we did use a third party uh, to build that and they are not supporting that anymore, uh, which means that we have to transition and that doesn't mean a new app. Um, what we're actually doing is we're gonna replace that mobile app with a mobile optimized web portal. So the portal that you go to uh, will be uh, dynamically sized to your device, uh, whether that be an iPhone or uh, some kind of Android, you know, maybe a Galaxy S2500, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> your, your iPads, your, you know, whatever it is, it will dynamically uh, adjust to the size of that screen and be more user-friendly so that you're able to do the things that, that you need to do 
from that device without any kind of additional restriction on, um, well, I can't see this or, or this just doesn't make any sense where, where the buttons are. So um, we're really excited about that. Uh, that's something that I expect to see out probably sometime around September timeframe. Uh, so, so keep an eye out. Uh, we'll send lots of information out about it whenever we are ready to go live. Um, but that's, that's part of another group of things that we're actually working on right now, um, which is like our, our new service area editor for members to submit facility mapping. Uh, we currently have a tool called MSAM uh, that they're able to go to and, and do some things. But the new service area editor that we're doing um, is going to be uh, a, a really, really good self-service tool for our members to submit their facility mapping and get it into our production system at an expedited rate. Um, right now, our process is uh, a lot of times our members just send us their, their maps um, and we have to actually go through a process, build that out in our system, and then send information back to the, the facility owner to confirm uh, that that's correct. And then we go and we have to build a production uh, mapping set up for them. So uh, this will simplify that process it will take a three to five day submission time and put it down to, um, you know, potentially an afternoon. Um, nice. Depending on, you know, the, the load on the system, when it's submitted and things like that. So um, definitely makes that a lot quicker. Um, we're also adding a new positive response sign up for members on our portal. Uh, the, the laws have, have updated and they'll change as of November 1, uh, which means that every facility owner uh, that's participating in the one call is required to send positive response to the one call. Uh, this is just a facilitation of that communication to the excavators. The, the goal here is to make sure that uh, we're, we're ha everyone knows exactly what's going on before excavating. Right. And oftentimes that communication piece is, the, is the, the, the one that's missing. So we're excited about that. Yeah, I've already received a few phone calls about um, positive response and how, how it's going to work. And I'm excited. I've, I've seen our portal and how it's going to be used by our members. It's literally you log in, you communicate back to this hub. And then the excavator on the other end has the ability to the day of excavation, pull it up and say, okay, all the companies have responded. I know if it's all clear, the markings are down and I can go to that site knowing I'm ready to work or I know that I shouldn't go to the site yet and I need to make in that second notice or what have you. So yeah. explaining that process to members and our excavators has been really fun. Like it, it sounds like an extra burden to both but actually it's just improving that communication that was lacking over the last couple of years. So I'm excited Absolutely. about that, the law change. And, and we did we did launch our our positive response system um, uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so that's been something we've been able to see, work through, tweak some things. Um, and so that's been available. Uh, it's just without everybody having to participate, the not all the communication is happening the way it should right. be. So this is gonna make that happen. Um, we also send out an email prior to that start of excavation that's listed on the ticket to the excavator to let them know who all has responded. So we want them to be proactive and look in our system, you know, log into the portal, look at their ticket, see who's responded. Uh, but it, even if they don't do that, 
um, we're going to send them information saying who's responded and how they've responded. So. Gotcha. That's awesome. And so the law change is going to have some effects. We're going to have to make some ad adaptions, adaptations. Let's use that word, adaptations um, yeah. for our systems and the, through that reconfigure. But it's still exciting. The law updates, I'm excited about. Um, if you have any questions about those law updates, um, quick plug for me. Um, shoot me an email, education at okay1.org, or there's plenty of information on our YouTube or our website, okay11.org. OK811 hosts live webinars every other Wednesday at 2 p.m. local time. These webinars cover a wide range of safety topics for both members and excavators. If you attend our live webinar, you will receive a certificate of attendance. And if you aren't able to attend the live webinar, register anyhow to receive a recording of the webinar the following day. To check out our webinar schedule, go to the Education Events page on our website, oki811.org. If you have questions or suggestions for topics for future webinars, please contact us at education at oki811.org. So, um, technology is everywhere. So, the law is in November, but what about five years from now, 10 years from now? What are the exciting things in the damage prevention industry where technology is playing a, a big role? Absolutely. So I'm going to, I'm going to start from like near term to like pie in the sky, uh, okay. you know, uh, and really, you know, one of the things that's ahead, especially for uh, Oklahoma is virtual white lining. Um, this is something that's kind of happening throughout the U.S. Uh, one of the problems with it right now is there's a lot of different ways to, to accomplish it. And not all of those ways are, are really the most effective. And so we've been waiting to implement this on our side until we can really find the way that, that best suits both the actuators and our members. Uh, because we don't wanna launch uh, a virtual whitelining tool that uh, makes things worse. Or, or reduces the amount of information available. So uh, we're, we're gonna be working through that in the next year uh, to two years to make sure that we implement the best possible process for that for everybody. Uh, but one of the big things that really makes a difference in everything we do is improved mapping. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's, there's a lot of things that, that can be wrong on Google and Bing and everything else. Um, but there's something coming out called NextGen 911. Uh, and essentially, it standardizes mapping uh, across municipalities, across the state, uh, to make it easier for uh, specifically emergency responders to get to uh, where, where people are and, and, and really specify and have clear data on how to get there. Uh, the beauty of that is that it, that is actually going to be something that will be accessible uh, for, for organizations like us as well. So we'll be able to take advantage of that transition uh, to provide the most up-to-date and accurate mapping data possible, um, which will in turn really up our ability to uh, perform new automated checks uh, on, on tickets, on all the self-serve options um, through our portal that will make things even better for excavators and for members, uh, cut down on timeframes for, for everybody involved. So, so MG, let me throw something at you. Uh, augmented reality, how, how much experience do you have with augmented reality? 
Uh, I was once at a party where I looked like a fool with fake swords. <laughs> is that so, the same? That's virtual reality. So that's probably virtual reality. <laughs> augmented reality is essentially when you have a screen uh, and, and a camera. That camera is looking at a, a, a place or, or thing, and on the screen it builds on additional data, additional information about whatever you're looking at. Um, Augmented reality is being tested already in the field um, in different areas with locators where they're able to pull up a, an iPad and look at an area and see what lines should be in that area based on mapping data that they have. Uh, the, the cool thing there is that hopefully it cuts down on the potential for mismarkings or, or facilities not being marked uh, by human error. Uh, but, but this technology will go even further. Uh, we're, we're just at the cusp of, of everything. And um, of course, everything does go back to that, that high quality mapping, that high quality facility mapping data as well, um, in order to do some of these things. But we're, we're talking about revolutionizing um, not only uh, the, the locator experience, but possibly even the excavator and homeowner experience. I mean, imagine a time where as a homeowner, I could go out uh, with an app and, and take a picture of my yard and then get information with, based on that on who and where facilities are so that I know that I can plant that tree safely uh, without hitting the gas line or the electrical line or cutting out my neighbor's cable because nobody wants to do that. Not here in football season. No, no not in Oklahoma. <laughs> But, but to take things a little bit further than augmented reality, um, I, there's a lot of um, testing going on right now uh, with drones. And yeah, we all know there's drones everywhere, you know, and, I, and I'm not talking about the drones that are delivering, you know, packages from Amazon or, or you know, things like that. Um, there's actually studies going on where they mounted, um, you know, Sioux systems to, to scan the ground uh, for facilities uh, to a drone. So imagine the locator is um, flying a drone over an area, locating that facility, and then maybe there's another drone that follows behind it that is marking that facility with paint. Or maybe in the process of scanning it, that drone is actually dropping paint on the ground um, in that area to mark that, that facility as well. So. Um, there's there's so many opportunities with the, the changing technology um, that, that I honestly can't even foresee yet. I mean, I can't fathom um, what's to come uh, as these technologies get better. Um, and it, it's a it's an exciting time to be in data convention. Absolutely, the technology is just getting faster and faster on the in the field. Um, you know my good friend Jason Crow with um, a locating company, or that they sell locating equipment. He even talked about how the technology on those locating equipment has changed so much. They can report mapping back to the facility owner. So as they're marking and getting the signal where that tracing wire is or whatever, they're just sending back GPS points back to be connected for mapping. And so then mapping is then going to improve. And then when the mapping improves, that improves everything else. And that's now and then when the drones get to their technology levels it's just going to make 
hopefully the whole process easier and save a lot of lives. That's what we're yeah. what it's all about. Well, and, and and that that data also feeds into that augmented reality. Um, mm. You know, as they are updating uh, the facility data with those GPS points and providing that back, then you've got a clearer picture of, of where those facilities are. Mm. Um, you know, going forward. So yeah, that's that's huge, man. Uh, yeah, technology is awesome. I, I'm I'm excited, just like you are, to be able to geek out on this kind of stuff. I mean, as a whole, A11, we have a very um, important role in disseminating information. The Escalary is going to be digging, where are they going to be digging, and then the members' information, where their facilities are, get those two to communicate, use that mandatory positive response, and then get out there and mark and make sure that, um, that Escalary is safe during that project. That's our main role. But then when we hear about this technology that's gonna make the field a little bit easier for those guys on both sides of the um, communication hub for us, that that excites me. I love knowing that damage prevention industry is getting safer, more efficient, and using technology all the way through and gives us geeky conversations like today. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. So um, with that, uh, Gerald, um, I'm really glad you're a part of OK1. Our leadership team is something that um, I know is always forward looking and taking care of our employees. I love our company culture. I love the decisions that we've been making over the last, um, as long as I've been here, for sure. Um, I want to personally thank you for um, your um, implementation and helping even technology for education to improve. Um, just from everything from the webcams to jumping on a Zoom call to being able to um, give information out to our uh, members and escalators more easily and efficiently. So you even had a role in that as well. And we didn't even get to geek out on that kind of stuff either. So uh, thank you for that. Um, is there anything else that you want to share about OK one about your role um, to kind of sign us off for today? Absolutely. So I just want to say it's an absolute pleasure and honor to be a part of this amazing organization. Um, to all, all the listeners right now, um, I would say I'm sorry. Uh, we have the best team um, <laughs> out there. So um, feel free to be envious. Uh, we're, we're very proud of our organization and our team members uh, from, from the CSRs to uh, the leadership team, everyone in between. We're, we're all working very diligently um, with great attitudes to help improve the, the safety in Oklahoma, uh, specifically for excavators and underground uh, facilities. So, um, you know, I, I'm just so proud and, and thank you for having me on today. Um, I, I know this is a, an awesome platform. You continue to grow and, and uh, your, your listeners are fantastic. So uh, thanks for having me. Hey, thank you, Gerald. Um, to our listeners, please share this information. Um, We'd love to hear about new subscribers, new followers, new listeners, all those words. So share this information out there. Let more people know about Digging Deep, our OKA11 podcast. And um, we thank you for that. So until next time, thank you for all you're doing to keep Oklahoma safe and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, everybody.